Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, college lacrosse fans? The NCAA tournament seedings for Division I are finally upon us. We have a couple of teams that got left out. We have a bunch of teams that got in. Everything pretty much went as we, as I personally expected it to and as most of the experts expected it to. Uh, but before we get into all of that, uh, to sub- we're getting to the end of the season here, so it's time to... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Piss or get off the pot. If you want to support us, cool. You can go to laxfactor.com, buy yourself a t-shirt. We have, uh, you know, our, our actual brand t-shirts as well as a bunch of other cool designs. We also have, let's get that out of here. We also have the Rampage Lacrosse shorts. We still have these left in some of the bigger sizes, XLs, and I think we have a pair of double XLs. So you can get yourself a pair of those as well. As always, you can uh, comment down below and make the comment thoughtful about the upcoming tournament. This is the last day to enter into the contest to win this reversible, and then we're going to put up different reversibles uh, to to, uh, pretty much contest off through the season. So comment down below, and you can win this uh, Channel 4 jersey. It's got Rod Burgundy's uh, name and number on the back of it. And uh, that's from uh, tribelacrosse.com. And uh, I digress. Let's get into this. The Last Factor Podcast. All right, let's start with the teams that got left out first. The teams that got left out are Cornell. And Cornell, what hurt them in the end was their strength of schedule. Their, you know, their worst loss was only uh, to Syracuse, so it's not a bad loss, but the problem is just the strength of schedule, and they only ended up with two quality wins. That hurts them. Denver, same problem. Strength of schedule gets them in the Big East, and High Point, strength of schedule mixed with a lot of bad losses. Anyone who's crying about High, high Point, High Point had some bad losses, even with their good wins, and that's what that what booted them on top of the fact that those bad losses were to weak teams because they play a weaker schedule. So... I'm not one to cry over spilled milk, so let's we're, we're done with this. Cornell was the only one I think that had a legitimate gripe uh, getting left off, getting left out of the tournament field. But with that said, I don't think they got this wrong. I think Cornell, it was they were probably right to leave Cornell out in the end, even though I'm upstate New Yorker and now I'm going to get crucified for that. We dive into the teams that won and handled their business during the regular season and got their asses in. We've got Penn State. Penn State's the one seed overall, probably one of the most deserving one seeds we've had in a long time. So Penn State's the one seed, and they're going to get to face the the play-in game winner uh, between Marist and UMBC. So that game goes on, I think, the 8th they play. So they play on uh, Wednesday, Marist and UMBC uh, do, and then they will take on Penn State. The winner of that game will take on Penn State Sunday at noon on ESPNU. So of all the teams that are playing, I think Penn State's the only team here that has what you would call a gimme. That's not to say that Marist and you or UMBC couldn't hang with them a little bit more than we expect, but I do not think there is any world in which Marist or UMBC upset Penn State. I think if Penn State played them 10 times, Penn State beats them 10 times. And I think that's just the way that it would go. We move not now we get into the, the second seed and down. And here's where I think we get our first team that got screwed. Duke at the number two seed facing off against Richmond at 5 p.m. on Sunday. Now, I don't like this seed. I feel like Duke, if you're going to give Duke the number two over Virginia, which I thought was odd in the first place, 
Uh, you got to give them Robert Morris, I feel like. I feel like Duke should have been playing Robert Morris. Richmond and Duke have already played, and they already played to a close game. I think Duke beat Richmond 11-7 at home. So Richmond's a tough squad, and I think for Duke to draw them as the number two seed is is weird. It's almost as if they wanted to give Virginia the two seed, but felt like Robert Morris and Richmond deserved the 14, what is it, the 13 and 14 spots, and then they just swapped Duke and Virginia seed. Uh, for maybe, I don't know if it's regional, who knows what the hell their, their logic was behind that one. That's one I don't get Richmond and Duke, but either way, Duke is obviously the favorite, but Duke, you know, Richmond already proving they can hang with Duke and Duke has not been consistent all year. That's our very first upset watch because I feel like Duke could definitely lose a game to Richmond. If Richmond can put it all together and get lucky on a, uh, on a Sunday at 5 PM, the number three seed. And this is where I think Virginia got lucky. They're playing Robert Morris at home, 7.30 Saturday on ESPNU. They haven't faced each other yet, but Robert Morris started the season 1-6. and six. They're winners of, what is that, eight straight, I think now at this point, including the winning their conference tournament. So they're hot, but Virginia's not cold by any means. I think Virginia's won 11 of their last 12 or maybe even 12 of their last 13 games. So Virginia's cruising themselves. Uh, both two of their losses came early in the season. So Virginia, I think Virginia is going to handle Robert Morris. I'd say of the top three seeds, it's going to go Penn State's the most likely to win. I think Virginia is the most likely to win after that. And then Duke. So that's partly why I think Duke got screwed. I think Duke should have drawn Robert Morris. If I was a coach, I feel like I, at this point, would rather play Robert Morris than Richmond. But who am I? I'm not on the committee. We get past that. And here's another team that I think kind of got screwed was number four, Penn. They're going to have to play Army 5 p.m. Saturday on ESPNU. So who who wants to play Army right now? Army, they beat Loyola in the Patriot League tournament. They win the Patriot League tournament. They've got 12 wins or something to that effect. Let's see here. Yeah, Army 13-4 and four record right now. So I feel like Penn, I won't say Penn got screwed. What I will say is Penn has the four seed. This, this is just the way this is going to go throughout the seedings here now. Is This is one of the strongest tournament fields I can remember seeing. So Penn, 11-3, and three, very susceptible to getting beat by a team like Army. Army is going to play solid defense. They've got a great goalkeeper in Barreto. They, offensively, they can put it together. Defensively is the key, though. I think Army, they have a couple of, of good, close defenders that can kind of help corral the Penn attack. Penn, Penn's offense is, is excellent. Penn's offense is right there behind, I think, a, a Penn State, a Georgetown. So they can put goals up with the best of them. I think this is a a bad draw for them in the sense that I think Army matches up very well against them. And I think that some of Penn's strengths are Army's strengths in terms of neutralizing that. So tough draw for Penn, but you know that's what that's what's going to happen here through the rest of it. We dive into the number five team, and this is another really bad draw. And I think this is a really good draw for Georgetown. Number five, Yale is going to host a game on May 11th at 2:30 against Georgetown. Georgetown, 13 and four, coming out of the Big East. They beat Denver uh, to pretty much get in because they weren't getting in with an at-large bid. So Georgetown beats Denver, 13 wins. Georgetown has a nasty offense. Their attackmen can light it up. Their team in general, they can light it up on the offensive side of the ball. And why I think this is a, a an odd draw for Yale is Yale's typically going to win the battle at the face-off X because of TD Erlen. If there's any team in this field that proved in the last game before they played that defensively they can they can shut people down and play some solid lacrosse. It's Georgetown. They have played excellent defense down the stretch. They played excellent defense through their conference tournament. They played excellent defense against Denver, a team that can put some points up that is probably as capable offensively, almost as capable offensively as Yale, minus the 
uh, ridiculous uh, Twarton faceoff guy. Denver's a year's uh, uh, Twarton candidate faceoff guy. Denver's a year removed from losing Baptiste. So that's an interesting game that Georgetown could go into Denver, beat Denver, get to Yale. And then, man, I don't know. I, I still like Yale. Yale's 12, 12 and 3. They're, they're the, uh, the team that beat Penn State here. But Georgetown is formidable. This is not by any chance an easy win for Yale at home in the tournament. We move on from there. I didn't like this seed. I don't know what the logic was behind it because I've played through all these scenarios and I did not have Towson rated this highly. But they give Towson the number six seed. They're going to play Maryland. So of all the seeded teams, that's a pretty tough draw right there. Towson and Maryland, we got an in-state rivalry going on on this one. Both teams sit at 11 and 4. They did not play each other during the regular season, but they played similar teams. Um so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I think I think Maryland is is the better team at this point. And I think Mar- I like Maryland's chances against Towson, but I will tell you Maryland had a hard time guarding the very aggressive attack of Hopkins these last two games of the regular season, and Towson has some very formidable attackmen. Sunday can go to the rack. They've got a Frommer, and I mean they've got Towson has some big physical attackers. They've got a couple of big physical midfielders. They can scrap on defense when they're playing well, and uh, their goalkeeper is strong when he's playing well. So I think this is a tough draw for Maryland. I believe that on paper. You know, you could if Maryland wins, you call this an upset on paper. I, I wouldn't put it that way. I would say that that in my mind, Maryland's the team that should be favored in this one, and that if they lose, that's an upset in Towson, even though the seeding doesn't go that way. But that's going to be a ridiculously great game to watch. Uh, so be sure to tune in. That one's on uh, May twelfth at two thirty. We go from there. Let's see here. They had them out of order here. Okay, so next up, number seven, Notre Dame. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, Notre Dame and Hopkins, they're the two teams that a lot of people thought wouldn't get in because uh, Notre Dame, I believe, is sitting at eight and six and uh, Hopkins is sitting at, uh, what are they, nine, eight and seven. So they were the two teams that were kind of on the bubble that teams weren't sure about. But here they they sit well-seated teams and not, you know, even the last two in. Notre Dame and Hopkins, I don't know. This is another toss-up here because they, they both beat Maryland. So both have proved they can play that style. I think... I think that Notre Dame defensively matches up well against Hopkins, but I think this new aggressive Hopkins offense is is going to be key, and defensively they've shored things up again. So once again, on paper, if Hopkins wins, it looks like an upset. I wouldn't really consider it that. I would almost consider Hopkins the hotter team and the favored team in this matchup, but it one, once again, another ridiculously incredible game that we're going to get to watch here in the first round. That's uh, May 12th at uh, 7.30 p.m. on the U. All these games are on the U, by the way. And then we get into the eight seed, Syracuse, or the eight seed Loyola playing Syracuse. So Syracuse does get in, obviously. we I, I knew that they were going to. There was oh, Really what we saw here, as, as everyone was griping back and forth about who was in and out, Maryland fans were, were dumping on Syracuse and saying they weren't, weren't going to get in, and Syracuse fans were dumping on Maryland saying they weren't going to get in. Both teams got in. Cornell was the one that got fucked. Um, so... That's a, that's a, it's a tough draw for both teams, but that's what happens when you're the eight and the nine seed. Um, Syracuse matches up well against Loyola. Syracuse in their only other game against a true Twarton candidate was against Cornell and Jeff Teat. They held Teat to two assists. Teat and, and Spencer are two completely different animals, though. Spencer is a bulldodger. Teat is a finesse guy who's just as willing to feed. 
Not that Spencer isn't. I think that Mellon's going to be the key here. I think Nick Mellon for Syracuse is going to match up well against Pat Spencer. I think that what's going to be the key matchups here are going to be the off-ball matchups against uh, guys like Olmstead and then the midfielder matchups. How, how are Syracuse's defensive midfielders going to play against um, Loyola's very deadly midfield unit? You got Duffy, who's, uh, who's nasty. You, uh, who's the? Uh, I'm just drawing a blank here. On, um, on Loyola's other midfielders, but I, I digress here. So anyway, you have Loyola, who's tough. You have Syracuse, who's tough. And either way, whoever wins that game, they've got to go face Penn State. So they've got the toughest road out of any team here. Um, is this, is if they win, they still got to face Penn State in the quarterfinals, and that's going to be a rough one. I will say, though, I think both of these these uh, teams match up decently well against Penn State in terms of defense and all that crap. Now, now Syracuse's Achilles heel has, has traditionally been their off-ball D over the last two years, so that's going to hurt them against Penn State. Loyola's problem has just been D in general, so that's going to play into Syracuse's uh, chances and then, you know, I, both of their their chances to to move forward against Penn State. I digress though. I start rambling here. So uh, chances for upsets all across the board, but I call them upsets. You know what I mean? I don't think that if outside of the 2 seed and all the way down there, I think any any of these teams that aren't Penn State are really really susceptible to getting beat in the first round here even though I think Teams like Virginia, Duke probably won't lose. They could. You know, shit happens, and uh, shit will happen against teams like Richmond and uh, even Robert Morris. You know, Bobby Moe has been really hot. So, I'm, you know, you feel bad for teams like Cornell, for Denver, for High Point. They had great seasons, and you hear a lot of arguments for maybe expanding the field, maybe putting one more team in so you can have another play-in game. Uh, but I don't. right now, I don't think you need to do that. I think how can you cry if you didn't handle your business during the regular season is the problem here. I don't, there's not a single team that got into this tournament that didn't deserve to get into this tournament. Every single team in, you can make the argument that, all right, these quality wins got them in the strength of their schedule, got them in. I mean, when you really look at the body of work, I think the committee got it totally right. I think they screwed the pooch on one or two seedings, really that Richmond uh, playing Duke. I think that's the only one where we totally got something, you know, screwed up, but maybe their logic Worked out in the end. So it'll be great to watch. Uh, everyone tune in. Make sure that we watch that first game, UMBC against Marist. I believe that's on Wednesday on ESPNU. Thank you guys for watching again. We will do another show probably Thursday leading into the tournament, maybe even Friday leading into the tournament, and then we'll do a show on Sunday after the first round games are over that will come out Monday morning. So really, the big shows are going to be Monday mornings throughout here uh, outside of obviously Memorial Day weekend we're not going to do a show on Monday morning we'll probably do that show either Monday evening or Tuesday whatever as always be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell if you want to get some swag head on over to laxfactor.com and you can get yourself some shorts t-shirts whatever as always comment down below make it thoughtful and you'll be entered in to win we'll do the drawing here actually probably tomorrow now we'll do the drawing Wednesday. We'll do the drawing Wednesday, but comment down below to get entered to win this jersey. It is a a medium, by the way. So even if you're a big guy and you win it, win it and put it on a wall or you get something free, give it to a kid, whatever, who cares? And I didn't mention it earlier, but head on over to laxfactor.com forward slash lamp and take a look at our big league lacrosse lamps and uh, turn your old helmet into a lamp. Again, as always, thank you for watching and Hoost is out.